Good morning, Geoholics. We are here. Day one of Geo Week 2024. Oh, day like day. Well, you, one you and count a half. yesterday, yes. Yeah. But the, the first big day of yeah. Geo Week 2024. One of us was here on time. You know what I was thinking? Uh, I, th- I, I thought that was me. I, think, I, I, I thought that was me. I'm, I was on time. To this morning? Yeah, I got here before this thing started. Well, here's what I was thinking. One of these conferences, you're going to get in a day early and set all the shit up and freaking schlep it around. And I'm just going to show up and be the fucking uh, hey, rock star. Hey, I brought hats. Huh. You did bring hats. You did bring hats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's just be honest with ourselves. You're probably the best for that role. Maybe. One of these days, one of these days, I'll be the, I'll be the we'll guy that positions. takes the gear. Yeah. yeah. But, but besides of that, I'm yeah. excited to be here. Oh, man. It should be a great week. Great conference. One of my favorite ones of the year, definitely. Super excited to be here. And we have a couple... Uh, Couple guests this morning, right yeah. out of the gate. This yeah, is that's exciting. right. Let's get it going. We've got, we've got Ty and Adam with us, and uh, let's have these guys do some quick, brief self introduction. So, Adam, why don't you go first? Just name who you're with and kind of what you do. All right. Uh, name's Adam Triggers. I'm a professional land surveyor, five states in the southeast. I'm director of surveying and scanning services for Hargrove Engineers and Constructors, based out of Mobile, Alabama. Right on. Uh, we're heavy, heavy industry. Surveying and scanning is primarily our our main service and key key thing to note there he is a professional land surveyor okay Keep that in i'm mind. guessing this is going to come up Keep later that in mind <laughs> ty yeah my name is ty mcburnett uh pls as well just got licensed in alabama i guess october of last year uh, congrats 2022 so cool. i guess i'm going on my first year uh work with adam i lead our team out of mobile got a crew or two that works under me so right yeah that's Pretty much what, what we're doing. Love it. Love nice. it. And uh, great accents, these guys. You do realize that this is how people this is talk. When when they... This is like your accent starts to come out now because you got a couple. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a little early for bourbon, but once that comes out and talking to guys like this, then my, my eyes start getting getting longer. Yeah. 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 So tell <laughs> us about Hargrove. So we're a multidiscipline engineering firm. Okay. Uh, civil structural, piping, mechanical. E&I, controls and automations, process, the whole nine yards, full suite of uh, engineering disciplines. Um, like, like I said before, heavy industry, do a lot of refining work, a lot of chemical plants, pulp paper facilities, power generation, manufacturing facilities. It's yeah. primarily in the in those heavy in industrial sectors. Got it. Um, so our group is uh, a, just a, a division within the company, mm-hmm. uh, surveying and scanning. And we've got teams across the southeast and the, on the west coast in California. To support uh, 3D data capture, uh, drones, toll yep. stations, GPS, uh, traditional scanners, we have Navis, um, pretty much pretty, pretty full toolbox worth of tools. Yeah, I'd say. I'd say. Talk about some cool projects you're working on, Ty. Well, I mean, you know, we can't really get into the details of where we're working and what we're doing, but, uh, you know, most of our stuff is in the oil and gas sector. We do a lot okay. of work in, in, in the oil refineries. That's uh, really what we're working on right now. The, the, the bulk of our work has really been taken up by doing dimensional checks on prefabricated equipment. Uh, you know, we went in, did the scan at the beginning. They designed all the equipment, and now we're on the back end of it checking oh, okay. to make sure that it was built the way they were designed it. Got it. Because they, uh, they want to just drop that in, bolt it together, and go, that's right? That's right. Time is money. Yeah. Time is money. And we're doing whatever we can to mitigate any uh-ohs or hiccups, you know, that could come about. 
yep. when when this when the construction project actually starts. Sure. So was that your idea or your client's idea? That's We've a, been doing it for a little yeah. while. We've been doing it for a little while. Hired some guys that have been in the industry for going on 20 years now. Uh, came to Hargrove about four years ago. So we've been offering that as a service for right at four years. Okay. And the the client that we are doing this for, they have used those services with those with that team in the past and see the financial benefit uh, of it. Oh, and, sure. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's an insurance policy to make sure turnaround doesn't get extended, construction delays don't happen, and stuff bolts up if it's like it's designed to fit. Right. So this is high accuracy stuff. Very much so. Talk about the importance of having good control when it comes to this type of scanning. Adam? Jerry, I'll take this one. So kind of make it simple from a high level. Your control is your check. You, you've, got, you've got the tool on the scanning side that captures the data. You move it around to various locations. Um, and, and you can use the software cloud to cloud. It fit, fit one scan set up to the next one one to two two to three three to four so on and so forth but what gets lost on on some in the industry is that dimensional drift you know there's there's some some information out there that can probably paint a better picture visually than i'm trying to explain here on the podcast but uh your survey control is your quality check you've got an, another independent set of data ran with a with a survey total station close the loop know how good your, your raw misclosure is from the field. Take that information, run it through least squares, massage all of your errors, uh, and get a good tight network of control. And that's your basis to where we drop the scans in, register the scans to that control. You can, you know, do it from, you know, usually quarter inch is what we accept on a target, you know, five, six millimeters and below, we're good. Um, we're seeing overall accuracies based on that control survey control method sub millimeter you know mm, yeah 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 and talk about like you guys have a lot of really cool hardware that you use a lot of you know tools in the toolbox as they say um, talk about the importance of knowing the limitations of each of those tools yeah that's right it's all about having the right tool for the job yeah. you know we've got plenty of tools to do this that and the other but when it comes down to it our main our main cash cows is the laser scan and total station and they complement each other so well, you know. Um, the 5016, we're running ZF, ZNF 5016s, uh, Sokia Total Stations. Um, and, you know, we know that there's certain things you can and can't do with that scanner. We try to push it to the limit, and we really do. I mean, we'll take that thing hundreds of feet up in the air on platforms that are doing like this, you know. Wow. But we're not going to try to get something hundreds of feet away, you know. you farther you go away the less points you're going to get on something so we uh we really try to group our scans and, and do a lot of scans Got to it. collect you know good information yeah. on what we're looking at yeah, yeah but the tool you know the tool needs to fit the purpose of what you're trying to use the data for right you know some some projects are going to need that 16th of an inch where our dimensional control comes into play or you know our traditional scanning some don't, you know, if we've got a, a greenfield civil project where it's in a, you know, an open pasture, we can take a GPS or fly it with a drone. And if you're a 10th, you know, GPS accuracy, you're good. Yeah. You know, it's dirt work. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's really about knowing, knowing the tool 
the accuracy limitations for that tool and what the end user needs that data to be. Got it. Yeah. Uh, no, go ahead. Uh, how, like, how do you manage the, the data? Is that a problem? I mean, these files that you guys have are so freaking huge. Yes. That's an uphill battle. <laughs> like, yeah. Like what? Talk about it a little bit. Well, as far as transfers, I mean, we've got terabytes and terabytes and terabytes of servers in every single one of our offices just to host this data. Yeah. Uh, I definitely think at some point in time we'll start looking towards that cloud structure, you know, that allows us to push the data up there and then whomever wants to, they can pull it down. Yep. You know, uh, but we're still probably like most other scan firms. If we want to transfer data fast, that's overnight and in a in a FedEx box. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. our yeah. servers are real siloed. You know, currently depending yeah. on, we've got 17 offices across the country. Okay. And a lot of our design teams are split up, and you may have some piping designers in Texas, and some ENI designers in Mobile, right. and some process people in. Atlanta all working on the same project and they all need access to the same data so yeah. sometimes you know, right now we're having to make copies and put it in you know it's redundant it's in, yeah. duplicated in different locations and so yeah, yeah it, it's always been it's been a challenge um, there are solutions we've been looking at to try, like Ty said to yeah. ultimately put it on a cloud where anybody no matter where they're working from can pull it down and use it. Sure. You might be able to find some of those ideas at this place yeah, this we've, week. We've been walking uh, around I don't know. <laughs> trying to find a couple. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there, there, there's a couple couple different people that we've talked to yeah. uh, through, through, through the last few years that exactly what you're talking about. Right. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've got a tool that we use. It's JP Interactive Viewer. They're a, a web-based um, cloud and 3D model viewer similar to some of the others that are here. Um, but it's just a viewer. You know, you can't design and to pull that point cloud oh, yeah. into like a smart plan or, you know, E3D type platform, you still gotta have that local copy, right? you know, to merge with it, so. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that's the the biggest hurdle you see in the future is, you know, we talk a lot about what's advancing more, the hardware or the software, and it sounds like you got you can collect all the data in the world it's going to be how you get more people to collaborate on it is that mm -hmm. is that what your experience is and what do you see in the next couple of years yeah it, it's still gonna be a challenge you know just within our company we're doing bigger and bigger projects and so your project teams get larger and they're spread out in, in more locations um and so that's that's always been a challenge so i, I feel like somebody out there somewhere has got to have the solution to put it all together under one umbrella. I, I can tell you, you're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, virtual reality? Are you guys dabbling in that at all? We have a little bit. Yeah. Um, more so on the model, the 3D modeling side, yeah. not so much on the scan data point cloud. Got it. Um, had a couple of projects that we've uh, utilized that on and we're able to put, uh, a, the client was in one location and we were in one of our offices. Both were able to put on a VR headset go into an online meeting and walk around and see each other's avatars in the model. It's pretty, pretty slick. That's pretty cool. You really, you really want to see, do that, right? I want to see Ty's avatar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So what else? What are you excited about, Ty? What am I excited about? Yeah. Right now, the drones. Yeah. You know, we, we started up the drones doing that in 2018. And, you know, over time, we've seen the progression of, of where the, I mean, we started out with a drone that had an eight minute flight time and now we've got one that's got a 35 minute flight time, right. you know? 
uh, the sensors are, are, are getting better and better and better every single year, yeah. uh, you know, and we're finally, I think we're starting to get our toes wet and we're going to, we're going to dive off into the, into the LIDAR world, you know, uh, we're, we're really seeing a need for that on a lot of our projects and can see that it would benefit us to be able to provide that service in house yeah. rather than having to reach out to somebody else to do it for us. Yeah. So makes perfect sense. The drone, the drones are definitely, I think they're just game changing. Yep. And if you're really, if you're not in the drone world yet, Need to you're, be. Behind. you're behind. You're behind. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know. I mean, you know, as fast as technology is advancing, it's like you get behind so fast. Oh, yeah. You know, it's crazy. I don't know how to keep up with it all. How about you? What are you excited about? Uh, I, like Ty said, the drones are really interesting. I'm, I'm not a UAV pilot. Ty is. Uh, so he gets to actually put the, put the hands on the sticks in the field. But, um, uh, it, what's exciting to me is seeing the data that comes out of those sensors and how much more how, how much more accurate it's getting yeah. every day. Yeah. And being able to take that in, into a project, give it to a project team, and it, it be accurate and useful and and from our standpoint, efficient and safe way to get the data to them. So yeah, that's yeah. what excites me. Uh, another thing that's really interesting to me too is all the collaboration tools that are out there now to be able to share this data yep. and make it, you know, easily available to anybody. I mean, now if you've got an internet connection, you can look at scan data, I mean, on the fly. Yeah. you got a smartphone in your hand, you can look at all the scan data and show it to all your buddies, you know. Yeah. Uh, that That's really neat because, I mean, that's really just kind of hit the mainstream in the past sure. year or two, you know. Uh, mm. Prior to that, it was toting a laptop or toting a desktop right, yeah. or... You know, bringing a hard drive, hoping to God that, you know, the computer you're going to plug it into can handle it. Yeah. You know, so being able to view all that stuff in your hands quickly is really neat, too. That is cool. So, yeah, pretty amazing. Uh, well, I, I got everything else. Yeah, yeah good, that's really right? good stuff. Yeah, yeah great oh. way to kick off the uh, conference. Appreciate you guys helping us kick us off. Yeah, yeah. thanks for having us. Yeah, appreciate it. Okay, we're back. We are back. We're Rolling just, right along. I'm telling you, it's like, <laughs> it's going to be like five o'clock before no time. That's and, how these uh, things usually go. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm furious. I did have a little bit too much to drink last night. Oh, really? A little bit. A little okay. Bit. All right. That's That's shocking. Yeah. Yeah. I'm dragging well, a little bit this morning. I'm starting to, I'm starting to find the groove though. I mean, it's not, it's not like it was the biggest sports game of the year. Oh, there was a game last night? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, you were just a uh, party of one? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Surrounded by a hundred of my closest friends, I guess. Right. Yep. Yep. All right. We got Dennis Rose with us this morning. Dennis, welcome back to the Geoholics. Good to yeah, see you again, man. Welcome back. Great to be here. Great to be here. What's new with you? Uh, well, Geo Week is is new. Yep, lots to see, right? Uh, yeah. Not used to being this cold. Really? Right. Oh man, I got yeah. off the plane. I kind of like it. <laughs> I know you do. I, it's like I just like that cold, fresh air. Just yeah. The best part is when you are leaving it and you know yes. you're going to be warm. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what's new at the company? Yeah, so, you know, we have uh, 
quite a few projects going. I think LiDAR really is, is the big thing, you know. First, let's tell the folks who you're with. I'm with GIS Surveyors, and uh, we've actually recently acquired another company. So oh, you want to talk bigger. about that a little bit? We can talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, so we always had a sister company that was a utility services company. They do things okay. like third-party logistics, safety, hmm. um, and uh, security. And so their, their name was Icon Utility Services. Okay. And um, they had some common ownership with our company. So it was kind of like not a hostile takeover. Okay. You know? All right. Friendly, friendly uh, acquisition. And okay. our, our parent company now is called uh, Limitless Solutions Group. So I'm, cool. I'm now the president of, of the geospatial side, uh, GIS surveyors. And then oh, nice. I have a counterpart on the Icon Utility Service. Congrats. So, yeah, thanks. So I, cool. I guess that is new. Maybe yeah. I buried the lead a little bit, you know. But uh, <laughs> sure. I'm still getting used to it. You know, it just happened uh, January 1st. We're moving into a new office in uh, San Diego proper. Nice. Um, just starting actually when I land uh, tomorrow. Oh wow! So, oh yeah, cool. I Moving land, offices yeah. is the best. Yeah, coming right in from uh, out of town and, <laughs> and hit the ground running. Yeah. So, right. so this week will be pretty pretty gnarly. That's exciting. So how like how how many people are are in the firm now? So we're with both companies. It's about 120 now. Good size. Nice. So, yeah, yeah, that's a good good mid size. So a growing concern, right? Yeah. And and kind of the thing, um, you know, that we. We're looking to tie the companies together. It's really about utilities. I think you know that's what we talked about a little bit last yeah. time about yeah. the wildfire mitigation sure. and stuff. That's yep. that's really our bailiwick, and they actually have a PG&E contract with vegetation management inspectors. Perfect. You know, oh. arborists and stuff. So yeah. it, that's where it all fits together, right? It's yeah, kind of weird that, that a geospatial firm has a logistics firm, you know, but it's tied together by what we do for the utilities. Got it. When it comes to contracting with somebody like that, it. It doesn't. You can be anything, and then tie it all together. You can really leverage your, leverage yeah. your services. Yeah. It, it seems like everybody we talk to these days, the conversation always ends up at utilities. Like that is a big thing, yeah. no doubt. Well, but, yeah. I mean, I mean, especially going to a place like when we went to RE Plus last yeah. year, yeah. and <laughs> to all right, all the cool technology is one thing, but you got to get it somewhere, and that's where you know right. all the utility transmission is huge yeah. right now, and that's what less people on outside of this room talk about yeah yeah the yeah. grid resiliency right i mean what california is getting ready to do with all the electric car mandates that they're going to have mm -hmm. um the grid can't support it and that's nope. the little dirty little secret and they ain't talking about completely when it comes to legislation yep is that this the structure has to be there so yeah. so uh, we see a big future there we see a lot uh and, and there are big projects there so if you none of those uh like one day projects, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, These sure. Are, we, we like the year long projects, the big, yep. many miles, you know, yeah. I think um, once you get suited for that, the small stuff's harder, actually. I totally right? agree. Right? Yep. Because yep. You, you have a, a, a group that's used to something, it's like getting a Ferrari out to go just a block. Yeah. Right? That thing you really <laughs> yep. can't yeah. even I love do, that analogy. Right? That is great. Do you even put your foot on the gas? Right. You know, it just has to kind of coast there. Just put it in gear and yep. it just, it's never efficient. It it, oh, it it feels like it's harder to make that profit on those small jobs. And mm -hmm. it, it's almost counterintuitive in a way, but it 100%. is that way. Right? So do you guys even like, do you still do Alta surveys and stuff like that? Or are you, are you just I try not focus? to. I try not to. I, I have great <laughs> network of other it. survey friends that do that stuff and yeah. I, I try to refer them to those guys and, yep. and um, I, I think people that call us are, are appreciative of that that I don't just say no I, I do try to help them out sure I usually mm -hmm. 
the surveyor in me can't resist looking at the property and going, ooh, that's a, that is good. And every once in a while, it looks like it's kind of fun. I know you got to die. I kind of want to fix this, but I know I can't make any money <laughs> right? at it, so I got to move on, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, when you have, you know, this, this big nut you got to cover every yep. month, these little jobs just take so much more overhead yep. to kind of mm-hmm. take you out of your groove where you really are mm-hmm. making your money. That, that's rough. So. Yep. Yep. But yeah, I think, you know, what we see is LIDAR. You know, if I, I like survey, I'm, I will always be the thing I love, but uh, where the future is LIDAR. The 100%. LIDAR is, that's where our, we see the biggest growth, um, both, you know, nationally, internationally, yep. too, you know. So how, yep. can you, how can you get stuff done faster? That, that's what we've been charged with some of the utilities because they need LIDAR turned around. You know, they'd love to have many miles turned around in 72 hours, captured and turned around 72 hours because they want to get ahead of red flag warnings. Right. Uh, sure. In California, you get a red flag warning, maybe 72 hours notice. You know, not that they're going to be able to cut trees in that yep. time, but they would love to know if we got a issue, mm-hmm. let's shut that power off. But if we don't have an issue, we're not we're leaving the power on, you know, yeah. that because that's obviously something they don't take lightly. So they're looking at how can we get a process down to, to speed that up, the processing, right. you know, the collection and processing, having the sensor there on a bird that can go quick, you yeah. know. So. so when it comes to scanning, um, are there any, any written standards for it, accuracy standards? Yeah, so just about every utility has their standards, and, and actually we help SCE write their specs, there so, you know, kind of help help them because they needed they needed experts to help them even understand. I mean, you know, it's, it's a lot of technical jargon that if you don't deal with it, it's right. like nothing you've seen before. So we, we've, yeah. helped them, we've helped them write those standards, and then there's a QA, QC process to just ensure that the standards are met, you know, which is kind of a whole project in of itself too. Good for you to get involved at that level. That's awesome. So in those same standards, does it say that it has to be done under the guidance of a professional land surveyor? Yes. It does. Yep. And especially the engineering spec. Now, veg management, sometimes they they are using that for other than engineering purposes. So, you know, there, there's usually a little lighter spec for, the, for just capturing trees on an alignment that you fly often, yep. you know, whereas... When they know they're going to use it for engineering spec, you know, we're usually the guys out setting targets on the ground and, it. and setting up an, a network that's survey grade for the backbone. Really. Yeah. yeah. And how much of your time is spent like educating your clients? That's pretty much all. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. 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 pretty much all the yeah. time. I mean, but you love that part, right? I, I yeah, I, I guess I do enjoy because I'm so interested in it. I like talking about it, and sure. I find that yeah. when I talk about it, people have questions that I don't think about. I take things for granted because I know how it works. And yep. when I hear people's questions, I'm like, hey, that is, a, that is an interesting thought. I haven't thought about that, you know? And mm-hmm. so you, it makes yep. you smarter to talk about it. I sure. think you get to know your, your subject matter more. Yep. So, so yeah, I, I'd say at least ha- half the day I'm on the phone or in a meeting talking to people, explaining our product, explaining our procedure. Yep. Well, and I'm sure that way you're, you end up finding more in different use cases and you learn more about, well, I didn't even think that you, we could use it for that. And, yeah. and I guess the more you talk to your client, the better you are. Exactly. I mean, that's just it. Communication. Uh, I think, you know, COVID taught us how separation uh, breeds this inability to communicate. And I'm mm-hmm. starting to see now it's like 
why aren't you asking questions? It's like, you can talk to people. People yeah. won't just <laughs> shut the door in your face or hang up on you, <laughs> right. you know? So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of an open book like that. I have my clients reach out to me direct, and, and I probably feel like, I, sometimes I feel like they want to hang up. Like, I keep going, and they're like, oh, okay, oh, well, I got to go now, you know? Like, yeah. you've definitely told me more than I ever <laughs> yeah, cared to Yeah, know, exactly. Right? Hey, that's adding yeah. value, though. Yeah. yeah. You, you get yeah. that a lot, don't you, Kent? <laughs> the glazed over the eyes. glazed over like yeah. you're gonna stop t- 20 minutes ago yeah. yeah i definitely can't go home and talk to my wife about it she's oh no no I, it's, it's, it's just the charlie brown teacher talk at this exactly. point right yeah that's yeah. funny yeah. uh what else yeah what else you decided about so you got so you merged with this they handle mostly logistics more more boots on the ground yeah. Can you can you get a couple of those guys to put a control point in for you and kind of leverage, you know, some some yeah, efficiency it's, there? It's, it's or interesting that when going? you think about the fact that uh, my safety guys make the same as party chiefs. It's <laughs> hard to believe, right? Actually, interesting. Uh, if you think about it, that's exactly where you should be. Yeah. If, yeah. if that's really your priority, so then... So they can't be chainmen, then. No, I can't no. make them a chainman. So it kind of yeah. gets weird that you can't multi... You know, kind of multitask some of these guys if you're going to make your same profits. It's like that's the most expensive chainman I've ever had, you know. Sure. Yep. And he's, yeah. not, he's not knowledgeable enough to be the party chief, even though that's the rate at which you need to pay him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it kind of makes it where people got to kind of be in their spot. Okay. You know? yeah. Otherwise, the, the cost model breaks down, right? And I think as, as you're trying to do the right thing for geospatial you got to also do the right thing for business or you'll be out of business right Uh, well Well said yeah yeah and i don't think a lot of the a lot of people will have that perspective yeah i mean we love to do what we do but oh sure you know there's the green little greedy man called money that's got to like come along and take his share you know so you you have to pay the piper and that's where we got to make money well it has to make sense and if it doesn't then it's not a business and if it's not a business then it doesn't exist so yeah yeah and Mm. surveyors as we know historically are not the best business people right no i I mean that's just it we've we learned we're blue collar right it's a blue collar profession and uh you come up learning how to work hard but you didn't pay that close in business classes well and and not combine analogies here but the worst business people but if they had a ferrari in the garage they would take it one mile down the street and back because that's the coolest, fanciest way to get there. <laughs> Even though they probably should just hop in the Civic because it's already uh, ready to go. Yeah. Just, I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah, I love the Ferrari analogy. <laughs> I'm going to use that one. That's good. Right. Uh, uh, yes, what else are you excited about? Oh, well, we got another big conference uh, coming up in Anaheim, uh, IEEE, and that's uh, oh, yeah. that, that's a big uh, power conference. It's every other year, and this year it's in Anaheim, sponsored by one of our best clients, SoCal Edison. So, uh, we're gonna have a big party there, um, booth, a booth twice this size. I think we're putting our survey truck in there, bringing it in and wow. lighting oh, it up. You know, hey, cool. draw attention to, to us. Awesome. You know, yep. and it's kind of our coming out party of, of the merger. We're gonna have both entities represented there. So I think that's um, the next one we're really looking forward to. It's I, I don't know, Ken. Did, I think I think I heard an invite in there. I think did, I did. Did, did I you hear you an invite in there? Indirectly, okay, but I heard okay, it. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. Is it in San Diego? That's Anaheim, right? Anaheim. Right by close Disneyland. That's close. Yeah. Okay. 
Hmm. So yeah, hmm. I think we'll have to talk about the ever evolving geoholics calendar. Don't you love <laughs> how we just invite ourselves to these right. things? Yeah. yeah, we get you in, Got no problem. Yeah. You know, and, and actually, our our lidar director is on the board here. We could we can get people in free here too. You know, that's what he walks around like he's the king here. His name's Dan <laughs> Bellissimo. You might see him, but uh, but yeah, he's uh, we we have fun at these conferences, and and Roy's looking forward to the next one and trying to get you know reasons to be excited about what we do and. Uh, IEEE is going to have that utility focus, so sure, we're yeah. going to try to see if we'll probably have more clients there, if you know what I mean. Here, I yeah, feel like we yeah. have more partners and vendors, sure. you right. know, whereas mm -hmm. there we will be in fine project mode. Well, if you, know? you do it right, you find something really cool and fancy here that you can take there to show off to your clients, and then you're rocking, you're rocking and rolling, right? No, I don't feel like we have near cool enough toys walking around here when I walk around here. <laughs> There's some cool stuff to look yeah, at, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I hope for you guys sure. have a good rest of your conference. Yeah, you as well. Enjoy it. It's great yeah. to see you as yeah. always. Hey, yeah. thanks for letting me uh, crash the party here. Thanks and, for your time. Yeah. Anytime. What what episode is this going to be? Episode 400? 407, yeah. That's when Sean gets yeah. it out. You know, take my sweet-ass time. So, yeah. <laughs> yep. That's great, guys. Uh, appreciate it. But anyway, Dennis, me. appreciate yeah. it a thanks lot. For your time. Thanks for Appreciate thanks. it. See you guys. We are back. <laughs> Episode 204. <laughs> 204.1 through 7. Oh, man. I'm excited to have this conversation. We got Justin with us this morning. Justin, real quick, just a brief introduction, name, who you're with, and kind of what you do. Sure. So my background, uh, my name is Justin Brooks, and I'm with Trimble. But my background is actually in mechanical engineering, so okay. I do not have the survey background. And oh. Please, here, you know, forgive me if I misspeak on anything. I still uh, have a lot to learn on that front. I, I'm a mechanical engineer turned into a civil engineer, excellent, and have no survey background. Yeah, so I can relate. There. I'm right there with you. But I did start my career at Regal USA right out of school, mm -hmm. which is the manufacturer for the lasers we use in the MX9, and you know they're well regarded as some of the best lidar instruments in oh, the industry. Oh sure. Yeah. So I had a lot of experience with them doing anything from integration, sales, support, training, all the above. Yeah. And back in those days you know we didn't have these turnkey systems we had to piece all these different sensors together yeah. so that was interesting and definitely sure. leveraged my engineering background right and then from there I spent some time at ESP doing oh, actually yeah. projects on the grounds yep. you know for big utility companies and DOTs mm -hmm. and I'd say that I actually that's where I actually learned you know the bread and butter of the business okay. and how these kind of systems operate and there's a big difference between demoing these things and actually using them for production right so I think sure. that's where I truly learned a lot more and then now at Trimble I helped John Ambry and his team on increasing the utilization of these systems across the board, whether it's through the Trimble dealer network or through you know customers themselves. Okay. Very cool. And you guys uh, made an announcement today, right? Yep. New so, piece of hardware? Yep. So we just released the new Trimble MX90. Okay. It's basically the update of our MX9. Got it. Uh, and that includes Regal Vux1 HA lasers that do about 1.8 million points per second each. Wow. So we're pushing 3.6 million points per second total. Uh, we have a newer Aplanix IMU. It's an AP Plus board on the new Aplanix IMUs. So slightly improved in performance, but mostly just a smaller form factor, more energy efficient, stuff like that. And the big improvement is going to be the Ladybug 6 camera up top, the spherical imagery. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We know a little bit about the Ladybug. We do know a little bit about that. <laughs> Good mutual friend Mike Lee was just on last week telling us all about it. Yeah, yeah. And he did say there were 
Yeah, you got to give him credit. He didn't let the cat out of the bag, but he said there were some some, some uh, implications or there's going to be some new news coming out uh, with the ladybug. So that's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad we've adopted it now. And same with my old colleagues at Regal and stuff, too. I mean, FLIR yeah. definitely has a great sensor there. and uh, We're going to continue utilizing it for the near future. But we also have planar cameras as well, I should mention, that the MX-90 has not only the spherical camera up top, but also two forward-facing planar cameras and even a back-down uh, pavement cam as well. Oh, wow. And that feeds into some of our software tools that we have in Trimble Business Center. Wow. Very cool. So uh, what's, what do you think the biggest the biggest difference or the, the biggest advantage going from the MX-90 from from, from the MX-9, what's the biggest step forward? So definitely the improvement in resolution of the imagery. Sure. Um, and nowadays we're getting to the point where the LiDAR data is so dense. I mean, I think we're gonna have, you know, it's gonna plateau at some point. We're now we're pushing four million points per second. I mean, the, the data density is just incredible, even at highway speeds, right? So wow. I, I think the big thing in the last few years has been resolution, mm -hmm. and especially in the utility side of the, you know, um, applications. Really, a lot of these providers are looking for serial numbers on poles or the pole tags, and oftentimes that can be difficult to find with you know lower resolution yep. imagery. So we're excited with the new ladybug here and some of our planar camera options to help pick up those you know features a little easier now. Yeah. Um, but that was really the main I think pain point of people in the past, and that's what the MX90 is trying to address. Got it. Okay. Nice. So you mentioned that it has, the MX-90 has Regal lasers, right? Mm -hmm. So is Regal a competitor? Are you guys a team? Like, what is that relationship It's a like? complicated relationship, but I'd yeah. say we're more partners. Partners, um, okay. Yeah, definitely still compete in some regards, but sure. we use their lasers and they use our IMUs. Oh, so, okay. I mean, we have okay. a very, you know, they still use a Planix IMUs and a lot of their turnkey systems. Yep. So I'd say we have a really close partnership. And if anything, Trimble is one of the biggest buyers of Regal scanners, right? Because we actually have a... We actually keep them sitting on the shelf and use them for support and all those types of things as well. So I'd say we have a really close partnership with those guys. And it's nice for me, working with Regal previously and now at Trimble, um, it's nice to be able to bridge that gap actually between the organizations. Yeah, yeah. so what are some, uh, well, you know what I was gonna ask you, this is a hot topic, mm -hmm. data management, because you're collecting so much data. How, talk about managing that. It is tricky, and it's becoming more and more of a concern now with the MX-90. We well, yeah, what, what, what's now. the times, did you, 10 times the, the data points between uh, roughly 9 30, and 90? Uh, yeah, well, four times the LiDAR points, and okay. then roughly double the resolution of the imagery. So, <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, it's, data blows up pretty quickly there. Yeah. And there's a few different ways to manage it. I mean, now people, especially some of the big DOTs, Caltrans in particular, they're hosting all of their own data now in their own servers, and they kind of kind of keep that close to their chest. Some people are uploading it to the cloud and using utilizing things that way. Um, I know even there's some extraction tools and, and publishing tools that work through the cloud as well. It makes it easier to ship data in between, you know, mm -hmm. internally or externally to your customers. So it's still definitely a challenge, but I think now that storage space is getting cheaper and cheaper, um, the bottleneck really is then the upload and download speeds, whether it's to the cloud or to your own personal servers. Mm -hmm. right? so, sure. so what about the, like, the processing power? Required. I mean, do you have to have like a supercomputer or something to, to manage this? Not necessarily. Uh, we'd recommend closer to a gaming machine now than actually a dedicated processing machine of the past. Okay. Because we, we tend to emphasize higher single core speeds um, and a good a good CPU than some of the other things on like a you know multi-core hyper threaded CPUs and stuff like that. We usually just like the higher single core speeds. Uh, having a good GPU helps. Um, and really, you're 
data drive. Your, your working storage drive is going to be the most important, and the read-write speeds between the drive there. So, ah, okay. so solid-state storage, obviously, is really right. important. M2, these new M2 connectors, things can go a little bit faster that way. But to be honest, you don't really need a supercomputer. You have a decent motherboard, good CPU, and good storage hard drive. That's really going to be the bread and butter of the operation. Cool. Um, talk about maybe a couple use cases for, uh, for this new technology. Yeah, excellent. So I'd say the big three are going to be like road, road work, rail work, and utility work. Okay. So the road work can kind of focus on DOTs and DOT contractors. Uh, the rail side can be anything from rail ge track geometry to asset management along the rail. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, utilities. We talked a little bit about fiber to home mm -hmm. and you know some of these joint use pole audits and things like that uh, on the utility side. So those are really the big three that we're often trying to attack. And usually the multidisciplinary survey firms that do that type of work um, are most of our customers. Yeah. So I'd say those are the big three, but I'm always being surprised on these new applications and unique you know, ways sure. people are leveraging this technology now. It's pretty exciting. Everything from video game creation to you know, advanced modeling of the mountains and all types of interesting stuff. Yeah. So. Are you guys doing anything like in the uh, autonomous vehicle space? Well, so yes and no. So those types of sensors that you would have on an autonomous vehicle, they're probably going to be smaller, cheaper, easier to produce compared to you know the MX-90. You're not probably not going to throw one of those on every single autonomous vehicle, for example. Hmm. Now, on that point, we do have customers utilizing something like an MX-90 to create a base map for autonomous vehicles. Okay. Ah. So basically, the, the yeah. AI engine on the vehicle will not exceed the boundary of the base map that you scan with the MX-90, right? Yep. And because that'll be accurate to within your you know, survey grade sub two centimeter accuracies, but then your real-time sensors on the cars themselves will help with obstacle avoidance and things along those lines. So just cool. to answer your question, we're probably not gonna be on every single autonomous vehicle, mm -hmm. but I think we will leverage this kind of high fidelity LIDAR to create base maps for these vehicles. Cool stuff. Yeah, you mentioned the speed. What? I mean, are we talking, high, you said highway speeds too, right? Exactly. They're designed to be able to be used at highway speeds. And again, when we're pushing 4 million points per second and these you know, higher resolution cameras now, you can drive really fast and still capture things like mile markers and stuff on the side of the road. But I will emphasize that it really depends on your deliverable, right? I mean, sure, yeah, yeah. It, it depends on what you're trying to provide to the customer. And that'll really determine your accuracy needs, your control needs, how fast you should drive. Of course, safety is one of the biggest concerns. Um, it's ideal if you don't need to have a trail vehicle, you know, following you around or to shut down traffic, of course. Right. But that is some sometimes an option that DOTs would use. But these systems were designed to kind of eliminate that need. So we can drive at highway speeds safely with traffic, capture all the information you need, and. God forbid you don't have quite enough from a single pass. You could always do a, a secondary pass in a different lane or yep. a pass in the other, coming the other direction. That helps fill in some of the gaps of the LiDAR data and would allow you to still extract out what you need. I mean, yeah. so yeah. there, Sean. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> but I would say, too, like going too fast, I mean, the lower and slower you go, the better the data is going to come out, right? Because even if you are pushing 4 million points a second, if you're yeah. going fast, it's going to spread out those points a bit further. So yeah. I'd say the sweet spot is somewhere between 30 and 45. Okay. At, to where you're getting incredibly dense data to extract out anything you need. But, again, depending on the situation, it's not required to do that by any means. Yeah, but like you said, like at intersections, it almost seems like that's that's the that's you said that's the sweet spot. So yep. you get everything. You're not going to shut down traffic, and as far as safety goes, you're, that's the safest way to do it. Yeah, yeah. 
And I'd say that's one of the biggest benefits of the system, actually, that's hard to quantify, is the safety side. You know, you're really getting guys out of harm's Absolutely. way. I mean, you still have boots on the ground for control and stuff like that, but really you're getting people out of harm's way most of the time. And you could do that survey from back in the office. You know, yeah, we often yeah, have exactly. a virtual survey. Yeah, so, so maybe it's number of... Uh, Tra you know, traffic cones not not used, or you know, you can <laughs> yeah. talk about boots on the ground, but boots boots in traffic is much much lower than than yeah. it would be, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, well, and yeah. even as far as control layouts and stuff, you can do that out offset from traffic, so you really don't need people in harm's way yeah. anymore. Which is, I think, the main main benefit of this system that a lot of DOTs have started to pick up on. You know, so now that the MX90 is out, do you guys immediately start working on the next big thing? Uh, yes and no. We want to make sure that we capture the market that we need to with the MX-90 here. Mm -hmm. So we really put a lot of resources into, you know, hashing out all the bugs with the system, making sure that we have enough in production to actually ship out on time to customers. Mm -hmm. So I will say in the short term, our focus is mostly on mm -hmm. going to be on the MX-90. But of course, Trimble's a big organization. We continuously have engineers in the background doing further development yeah. on both the hardware and software side. So to answer your question, like, yes, essentially to both. We're focusing on the MX-90 more uh, in, you know, particular right now, but of course we're always developing new and exciting things too. Yeah. So, well, stay tuned. Justin's <laughs> got some good energy, that's for sure. He's passionate about this. <laughs> well, and he knows what he's talking about, which which definitely helps. It does. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> what are you excited about? Well, really the technology itself, right? I mean, I'm just a laser nerd. At the end of the day, I get really excited about the tech and and how the data is being leveraged. And now more and more, I mean, I used to come to. Before it was, you know, uh, Geo Week here. It used to be ILMF and Spar kind of split mm. up into two different conferences. And often, even back then, we'd get a lot of the basic questions like, you know, what is LiDAR? How do we use it? Um, you know, what's the point? And nowadays, we're getting more engaging questions mm. like, how, how do we tackle this really complicated problem? You know, how uh, can we use yeah. a combination of aerial photogrammetry, UAVs, and mobile LiDAR and static scans to now yep. capture this data? So I think now, in general, the public is getting more educated about this technology. Mm, totally the, agree. The, the decision makers, you know, the heads of the organizations are starting to yeah. think of how to leverage this the right way, and now they're starting to ask the right questions. So for me, I think that's the most exciting, is instead of just answering the same, you know, cookie cutter answers over and over again about what LiDAR is and how it can be leveraged, now yeah. it's kind of more complicated, tricky questions on how to attack certain problem sets. Sure. Which, of course, as an engineer is where I get excited. <laughs> Well, you it's engineers. The, it's, yeah. the, it's, the, uh, it's the use cases and how those evolve and adapt. Yeah, and so you don't cool. even know what's coming down yet of all the, pro not, I shouldn't say problems, but there's going to be a problem that, are, that you get to solve that yep. actually opens up another door. I exactly. Think. And that's, that's, the, that's, yeah. that's the exciting part, I'm sure. Yeah, and these things are just getting easier to use, too. I mean, even when I first started in the industry yeah. back at Regal and I was doing these integrations, you know, taking all these sensors independently and trying to make them work. Uh, that was kind of frustrating and complicated at times, and although we always got it to work and it always turned out to be a good project, now these turnkey systems just make it so much easier, make my life right. you know, just yeah. a breeze. Uh, now, there's still support and things that go on with that, and I think Trimble has a great support network, and of course our dealer network as well that also helps in that regard. So we have multi-levels of support, I think, on the Trimble side that really help make my life easier. Sure. Um, but just even with the 90, for example, and these new software tools, they're getting so easy to use, and even from my perspective, to train, people on. I mean, it would used to take me a week or more to get people up to speed mm -hmm. on a new system. Now it's usually a day or two. I can get, get kind of through the whole process and then we just start repetition, just doing a few projects together. Yeah. So yeah. just the ease of use, cost is coming down. Sure. Applications are expanding. Yeah. You know, it's a good time to be in the industry, I guess. Uh, well said. Here, here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else? No, no, that was great. Yeah. yeah. Appreciate your time, Justin. Yeah. That was Thanks great. Lot, Justin. That was Thank awesome. you. Yeah. Thanks for having me.
this is this is going way too well, Sean. I mean, surprisingly well what? for for as how unorganized we are. Somehow it's it been all pulled together, to together, right? <laughs> and uh, we are on YouTube Live, which is exciting. Uh, yeah, yeah, I believe so. Cool. Whether uh, uh, the the Wi-Fi here is a little shaky, so either you, you you're listening or you're not. Either way, <laughs> we'll get it out there. Either way, we're glad you're here. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of glad you're here, we have Mario with us. Mario, real quick, just self introduction, name, who you're with, and kind of what you do. Perfect. Uh, my name is Mario. I'm with the city of Virginia Beach. I am a survey technician. Um, so for the most part, I work uh, in the office doing a lot of CAD nice. work. Um, I. I do have the pleasure of every so often getting outside and doing some of our hydro surveys um, okay. and some of our LiDAR scanning as well. Oh, so how did you get into surveying? Yeah. So I think like uh, a lot of other surveyors, I kind of fell into it. Um, <laughs> you, you, you didn't grow up in middle school <laughs> dreaming to be a surveyor? Not, not exactly, but um, it, it's definitely interesting. So um, I'm a product of the military. Um, I was uh, 11 years in the Navy as a geospatial intelligence analyst. Um, okay. So, so I had um, a little bit of GIS background, geospatial background, um, and when you know I, I started to, you know, have a family, got married, and wanted to settle down a little bit, I decided it was time to move on. Um, and I, I enjoyed location data, um, so um, I knew that the city was hiring um, surveyors. And I know that they do a lot of data collection and processing, so it seemed like an interesting fit. Um, especially, I had a little bit of UAS experience, so. They're, they're looking to start their UAS program next year, so it's pretty exciting. Nice. Do you have your part 107? I do, yes. Good for you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Good for you. You know what I'm just thinking, Sean? Yep. I cannot wait when we have a guest on that says, and then we ask him, how did you get into surveying? And I can't wait for them to say, in fifth grade, I got to get kids into the no. survey coloring book, <laughs> and I was hooked ever since. I mean, there is going to be a person it's gonna in, happen. And in our lifetime that says, you know what? Trent Keenan came to my school, and mm-hmm. he told me all the cool things about surveying, and that's yep. why I did it. Yeah, yeah, I visited the booth earlier. They gave me the little, the little uh, German Shepherd dog. Oh, yeah. 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 Exactly. I'll, I'll give it to my son. He's three, so he'll enjoy it. And there you it. go. Uh, so I got to ask about the transition from working in the Navy and now in the private sector. Like, Talk a little bit about how that's been in similar fields. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, it's definitely a different uh, feel as far as culture goes. Um, in the military, it's a pretty um, intense as far as time and everything. Um, whereas in surveying, I, I work in for the city. So, um, I, I know in private sector surveying, it's a lot of time is money. Um, and so, that's not necessarily the case for me. So, I've been very fortunate that I work directly for the city surveyor. And he's kind of taken me under his wing, has allowed me to... Um, to learn directly from him, be it um, oh, anything, you know, civil 3D or even field work. Um, uh, I recently started um, at the University of Florida online um, to complete my bachelor's. Um, and I, so I also just started the geomatics certificate with them. And so you have to have a, a licensed surveyor as a mentor. And so he, he's, he took that on. He was very open to it and all the other uh, field staff and the, the office techs, they've been willing to help me and train me as well. So it's, I've been super fortunate the way I fell into it. You, you're going to be able to write your ticket. You do realize that, right? <laughs> right. You're going to be like the most sought after uh, surveyor in the country at some point. Uh, is, is that your goal? That's your objective? Become a licensed surveyor, I'm assuming? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yep. uh, right now, the immediate goal, I would say, is to probably get um, CST certified at, at least level one right now. Um, yep. And then, you know, possibly go up two, three, um, and then uh, eventually get licensed. Pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, you're like the 
the, the guy that everyone, all the managers around here are like, man, I want a guy that wants to do that and has that background. Like, exactly, exactly. Are you involved with, and I don't know if it's a strong one or not, the Young Surveyors Network in Florida? Um, so I'm not. Um, I, I, know, I know of them. Uh, yeah. I keep in contact with a lot of the, the ASPRS members down okay. there. Um, so I have some, some fellow students that I've had classes with, be it GIS or geography, and they um, and, and I actually met a couple UF students last night at RCN's Super Bowl party. Nice. Um, so we hung out for a little bit. And so it has been fun to kind of network with them and see where, where they're going after after they graduate and whatnot. But yeah. yeah. If you saw me at that party and I was shoveling uh, Doritos into my mouth, <laughs> it's <was> probably <laughs> awesome. not a good look. You weren't the only one. <laughs> so, uh, Mario, you mentioned this is your first time here. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, uh, what do you think so far? What are you uh, hoping to get out of this little shindig? So, I kind of feel like a, a kid in the candy shop. You know, I yesterday I went and I talked to Nick at his booth and. Yep. Um, I, I actually didn't realize that he did his undergrad at UF as well. So we started chatting for a bit, and he was like, oh, come here. I got, I got a bunch of cool swag for you that I'm not giving to everybody else. Um, but, <laughs> of course. But, uh, awesome. but, yeah, you know, it's I've seen there's a lot of people, and I, I guess I don't know if you call them geospatial evangelists or ge- I like the term geospatial heroes. Like mm-hmm. the, there's a lot of people. Ooh. I just saw Rami walking Rami, around. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I met him yesterday. I talked to Matt Bird. Awesome. And talked to Elaine. I mean, so it's kind of cool to see a lot of people that you, you see making an impact in the survey community and kind of meet them in person. Yep. So you're working in the public sector right now. Correct. Yes. Is that like, do you, do you see yourself staying in the public sector or do you think you'll venture off into the private side? Um, I'll never say never. Um, yeah. I, so my, my wife is from Virginia Beach. Uh, okay. Shout out to Rebecca. I met her when I was in the military in 2013, and um, nice. um, so that's where that's where we've settled down. And um, the, the city they've they've allowed me to kind of be super flexible with my schedule and with work and school and everything. So yep. um, you know, at least for the the future right now, I see sure. uh, um, I, I probably stay over there just because I, I enjoy the people I work with. I enjoy the work that we do. Well, and mm-hmm. they're kind of they're on the ground floor of a lot of this technology. We we just got a ferro scanner. Nice. Uh, we, we just got a new boat for our hydro surveys as well, which they've been doing for quite a bit actually. Um, and then you know next year hopefully we get into the UAS game as well. Very cool. And are you are you in a position where you get to play a part in those decision making? That decision making? Yeah, absolutely. The um, uh, our city surveyor he's he's come to me because he knows a little bit about my background and uh, myself, and then some of the uh, the other techs. Um, you know, he's said, hey, I, I know you guys. This is very interesting to you. So if you if you kind of want to head this up, any ideas you have or you know like this geo week you know if you if you see conferences like this let me know yeah. um and i, I want to kind of grow this program from the ground up with you guys since you're so interested in it it's awesome yeah you're in a great spot oh absolutely i agree yeah they, they've been super great to me I, i'll say yeah. Yeah. yeah what do you like most about your job i'll say the I, so i like to call myself a lifelong learner um and so i, I think the ability that for them to their willingness to teach me and for allowing me to con- like continue school and kind of learn on the job while, mm-hmm. while I'm working. Um, so it's, it's been super awesome. And, you know, I, I just had a, a, another kid. She, um, she's four months old now. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, congrats. Yeah, I appreciate it. And, um, you know, so they're, again, they're super flexible with that as well. So, but, so I think that their flexibility with me having a kid yep. and then trying to, you know, not necessarily having like any formal survey experience, you know, before two years ago, yeah. and then coming in and then just saying, "Hey, we're gonna, you're gonna learn from us, and you're gonna learn, you know, the way that it should be learned." So yeah. it's, it's been great. 
So we got to figure out a way to clone Mario. <laughs> really? Well, I mean, I think he's doing a good job of it on his own. We just have to wait about 20 years to, to you know, pay that off. But Exactly. Um, but, yeah, and talk about maybe just wrapping up here. Sure. What about, like, the some of the challenges that you've seen along the way, and what do you see kind of as challenges for you maybe growing in the profession, and, and what are you excited about as, as, far, as far as your career goes? Sure. So, um I would, again, going back to learning, um, when I first started, you know, a lot of the, the, the guys in our field crews, you know, they're, they're kind of on the, the end of their career. And so, again, they've been super great with me, willing to teach me, which was honestly kind of surprising when I first started because everything I heard was, hey, they're kind of old school, man. Just <laughs> but, right? I mean, they were, they were great. They worked with me. But at the end of the day, they're not, you know, professors or teachers. And so I, I think having kind of that – that drive and want to learn more about it um, was a challenge for me. So I, I started going on YouTube. That's how I kind of found you guys. I was just doing a bunch of research on serving this, serving that. That's how I found Rami's videos. He's doing everything oh, yeah. from how to you know do corrections and level notes and everything. So um, for me, that's, that was kind of the the biggest challenge initially. So, but um, I, I think it's it's been great. You know, having you guys, having you know the people who are kind of being voices for the community. Awesome. Appreciate you saying that. Is yeah, what, what he was saying is, you're a geospatial hero, Kent. No. That's right, geospatial Come hero. On. <laughs> I, I, Come on. I don't think you're going to get many in this room that would say different. No. <laughs> so nice. Uh, so what else? What, what else do you want to get out there? What else are you excited about? Um, actually, from my eyes, you guys a question. Uh, okay, sure. <laughs> um, so where do you guys see the, the future of Surveying Gung as far as, I guess, one, the recruitment of either you know, young surveyors or even people that are like, you know, I, we, we just re- re- hired a retired fireman and he just wants to get into surveying. So oh, wow. how do you see the future of recruitment for surveying going? I think we probably need to get a little more creative in some okay. ways. You know, I mean, you mentioned, you know, Elaine Ball and get kids into survey. You know, she's been doing that for a number of years now and doing a really good job with it. And Trent Keenan is now like the, what, West... North America West franchise yeah. holder or whatever. So they're expanding that effort even more, which is super cool. And it's it's good. It's I mean, yeah. it's, it's good. You know, hopefully, like we were talking about earlier, it's like, oh, my God, if we get somebody on here that said, I had to get kids into survey coloring book and that's how I got into <laughs> surveying, that's going to be like the best day ever. Um, but we still have we still have challenges, you know, yeah. like you are like the chupacabra, <laughs> honestly, you know, at the age you're at and the willingness to learn and I mean, we need a gazillion more people like you. Oh, I appreciate and that. that. That's really hard to find. Well, yeah, and I think, un- unfortunately, not not to take away everything that Elaine's doing, I think it's going to get a little worse before it starts to get better. And okay. luckily, there's some of the, the momentum that's already building. That, yeah. But I think that, like you're talking about, that age of surveyors is still going to continue to increase, and mm-hmm. we're not going to see the benefit yep. as a community of what we're doing now for yep. several more years. 100%. And then I think at some point there's going to be a tipping point where everyone that really needs surveyors is going to start realizing, oh, wait, maybe everything these guys are saying is – then they'll see the impact of, of a of – a, a lack of quality professionals in, yeah. in, in yeah. the business. So yeah. it, it'll get a little worse, and then it'll be like, hey, why don't you guys do something and get more surveyors in? Yeah. And then it'll be like, oh, well, you've been saying that for the last five years. And then, <laughs> it'll, then it'll go yeah. far. And it, it takes, you know, people like you, Mario, to, you know, spread the word. Talk about what a cool profession it is, you know. Um, it's not like one person's going to change, sure. you know, but 
it, it, it takes the entire profession to just Absolutely. do a better job promoting it, you know, because yeah. it is an amazing profession. Oh, I agree. You know, just walk around this room. I mean, who wouldn't want to use some of this stuff? Okay. You know? Well, and then that's the the technology is is just going crazy right now, and it's going to continue yep. to. But yep. I think we're going to get to that. Hopefully, get that sweet spot where the kids are going to love playing with the toys, yep. and the need for those toys is going to match the industry's demand, mm -hmm. and that's where it's going to come together. And I still think we're several years away, but yep. we're we're on the right path. I, yeah. I agree. It's a. I think right now is a great time to get in with a lot of the new technology. Definitely. And, that being said, I mean, even something like the old, like the traditional stuff. I the other day I read a deed that was from like 1690 something. It had like the old English language. I was awesome. like, this is super cool. Just yeah. kind of the history. Love the history part yeah. for sure. Um, what else? I think that's about it. Yeah. Anything else? Anything else you want to get out there, Mario? Awesome. No, I appreciate you just having me on and you bet. Give, tell my story a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, enjoy, enjoy the rest of the show. Oh, absolutely. You guys do the same. And now you can get a hat. That's Perfect. right. <laughs> it's all worth it. That, that's why I'm here. <laughs> Thanks a lot, right, Mario. Thanks, Mario. Appreciate it. It's great. Okay, here we are. We're back. We just took the quickest, like, half mile walk in history. Yeah, no, that went that went very well. I got a sweat on my brow. That was invigorating. It was. We were uh, we were rocking and rolling. We're here. good, man. We are good to go. Uh, excited to have this next guest with us. It is Kevin, and I'm gonna let Kevin introduce himself. Just name sure. who you're with and what you do. Okay, um, Kevin Andrews. I am the uh, business director for Trimble Aplanics Land Products. Uh, okay. So that is the uh, aided inertial navigation systems that Trimble sells into mobile mapping applications, okay. specifically in land markets. So land vehicles, industrial vehicles, or um, rail applications, anything like that. Interesting. And how did you get into this? Kind of by accident. Um, it goes way back to my, my undergrad. Uh, okay. I went to University of Calgary and went to school to do an electronics engineering degree. Canadian. Got into it first couple of semesters and decided I absolutely hated electronics. Uh, okay. I hated right. circuits. I hated electronics. And I found myself in my second semester completely scrambling for a new engineering field to follow. Okay. Um, and at that time, I had never heard of geomatics. Um, had no real interest in surveying. Didn't know anything about it. Um, but when I was looking for a new department, um, University of Calgary had this large geomatics program that I yep. was previously unaware of. But the more I dug into it, the more awesome yep. it sounded. It was everything about like satellite navigation and digital mapping and terrain modeling and all of this cool technology that I was not really aware of yeah. previously. But once I started reading into it, I absolutely loved it. And so I got into geomatics. I finished the program. I specialized in inertial navigation. And when I was done, a small startup at the time, Aplanix, was out hiring, looking for new people to come in mm. as field application okay. engineers or just sort of knowledge experts. Yep. And I got hired by them out of my undergrad. Um, three years later, a planks got acquired by Trimble, and I'm still with the company. Good for you. That worked yeah. out well. It is, yeah. So yeah. I've gone from a customer support rep to um, engineering project manager to product manager. I spent a few years in the autonomy sector of Trimble and strategic yeah. marketing, yeah. helping drive some of the strategy around autonomy, and now I'm in the business management of our inertial navigation systems. Very cool. So I got to ask, uh, when you were going to school in Calgary, do they offer curling 101? 
No, oh, here we go. But I grew up in a small town in Canada, and so yep. curling was just something that they assumed you knew how to do. Awesome. awesome. Interesting. What yeah. town? Terrace. Terrace, BC. We're, oh, okay, BC. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I love curling because it's the only sport you can do at the Olympic level without putting your beer down. <laughs> See that, Sean? You should try it. I'm yeah. telling you. I didn't know that you, you could you could do it without putting your beer down. Yeah, absolutely. Well, That's I mean, one... if, if you got that sense of balance, you could probably do it. <laughs> it I requires some balance. You have I to be cannot. born walking on ice. I, okay, okay. I have to put my beer down when I curl. <laughs> okay. I was not born walking on ice, so it sounds like I have an uphill climb. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, like, Talk about talk about what you do a little more specifically. Is it sure. is it constantly like product advancement and development? What is it? It is uh, yes, it's it's product advancement. It's mostly about trying to keep track of the technologies that are mm. that are constantly developing. And yep. so, like I, like I said before, I was I was in the autonomy strategy for a little bit, which has a huge amount of overlap with mapping right now. So there's a lot of technologies being developed for you know robotic perception, robotic localization, which has a huge amount of overlap in, in surveying and mapping. Yeah. You know, things that were photogrammetric techniques 20 years ago are finding their, their way into computer vision and, mm. and robotic vision. And LiDAR mapping and LiDAR processing is, is a huge thing as well. And so yeah. merging merging the, the, the localization inertial technology with LiDAR, it's a huge trend that, that we're, we're following and we're very excited about. So talk about the applications of that technology. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so many and varied, for one, but specifically um, high-definition mapping is, is huge right now, especially for automotive applications mm -hmm. and automotive mapping. Mm -hmm. Obviously, all these autonomy, autonomous cars that are on the road need high-definition maps. Yeah. So you got to collect the data. You've got to collect the data with a system that is more accurate than the car itself. So that is, that is a big market for us. But how do you collect data when GNSS doesn't work? It's got to work everywhere. It's mm. got to work in parkades. It's got to work in tunnels and mm. you know, parking structures and underground yep. roads and, and such. So we need to find ways to position ourselves accurately when we don't have GPS and we don't have the time to put crews of surveyors underground. Yep. So merging GNSS and inertial and SLAM, LiDAR SLAM is, is the sort of emerging technology that's, that's super interesting right now for us. That is really cool. Um, talk about like some use cases that come to mind. Sure. Um, we have a, a, a customer in, in China right now, NevInfo. Their biggest case is uh, navigating autonomous vehicles and parking structures, like I've said before. And so they have a, like a 10-story parking structure, and they need to map it, and they need to make sure that each level is accurate and elevation-wise is accurate, and they need to do it quickly because you know they, they've got time to get in and get out, and that's that's really it. So you've got to be accurate. You've got to be you know, precise. You've got to have all of the data in one go, and it's got to work the first time through. Yeah, it's so interesting. I didn't think about ten-story parking garage. Oh yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I was just yeah. thinking the other day. Um, are you we probably fact-checking? They may not be ten. Are we going to be? It's many stories. Are we? Is, are we going to be buying like personal autonomous vehicles in the not too distant future? Do you think? Like like Waymo, we live in Phoenix, and we have yeah. Waymo there, um, and it's it's freaking amazing. And I'm like, God, if I could own a Waymo. That would solve so many problems. Five years ago, I would have said, yes, you would own one by now. But maybe in the next five years. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, still, cool? Mr. Hope, I'm, I'm telling you, my pipe dream is yeah, yeah. have have it take me to work, yeah. make me money during the day, yep. come back and pick me up, and just be at my beck and call. And then when I'm not using it, yeah. it, it, it pays for itself. Yeah. That's genius. I mean, yeah. I'm not sure about what the payback period is. It's probably on the yeah. order of That's true, longer right? than my lifetime. but. Yeah. I'm sure that we'll work all that out. <laughs> Certainly, the cost of building <laughs> autonomous cars is a challenge right now. I yeah. mean, to build a, a Waymo car is way more than it costs you to build a, a regular yeah. car. So oh, that's, sure. Yeah. That's that's the burden that's got to be 
overcome some. I mean, it's even so it's even significantly more than a fully electric. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And yeah. there's still going to be gaps that exist, and you know, maybe Waymo has figured out how to get it from the road into the parking garage and out, but. Crazy. Kent's car is, is don't expect little, it. To, don't expect it to do that. Yet. Don't expect it to drive you down to the beach for the barbecue. <laughs> right. you know, it, is, it is not going to off road for you. That's yeah, that would be awesome. Um, so, what like what what gets you uh, what gets you up in the morning? What do you love about your job? Um, technology. It's always been a love of technology, and and what I love about mapping and geomatics is it's so many different technologies all coming from different directions and getting smashed together. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what attracted to me in an undergrad was. You know, it was, it was satellites and it was lasers and it was, you know, all of this cool stuff. And it still is. And yeah. it's, you know, new technologies are coming out. Technology gets smaller. It's getting cheaper. It's getting into your phones. It's getting into your watches. It's getting into your cars. It's 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 crazy. It's coming from everywhere. And the more different technologies you can put together, the better it works. Sure. So, you know, you hear people talk, oh, LiDAR versus camera. And no, it's got to be both. It's got to be LiDAR and camera and yeah. sonic and radar. And right. the more of these you can get working together, the more of the corner cases you're going to solve. Yeah. So, mm. yeah, it's always going to be it's always going to be an exciting intersection of all these different technology developments. Sure. That's what excites me. Yeah, and then yeah. you think that your position at Trimble is kind of putting you at that intersection? I think so. So, you know, within within the, the planks division at Trimble, we believe that the IMU, the inertial sensors are really at the heart because... Um, IMUs are not impacted by anything in the outside world. They're just sitting there in the middle of your car. They're just measuring the forces. Everything else is kind of an eating sensor. That's my perspective anyway. I'm yeah. very, very biased, by the way. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I, you know, we think we think that inertial technology is, is a critical component to it. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, it's it's part of the puzzle. And yeah. There's a lot of different there's a lot of different ways to solve that puzzle. Um, and it's the variety that, that keeps me going. It's so awesome. I've always wondered, we... we, we talk a lot to uh, folks at Trimble and you know always sounds like a great company great culture but I've got to be curious like there isn't there like little silos of groups that all think that their port their part is the most critical and it couldn't be done without them How- <laughs> that's a great question I love that question yes so um, you know absolutely Trimble is you know Trimble is a, is a long history company there's there's a lot of a lot of startups and a lot of different technology development groups we all think we're the most important but that's that's the best part is, is we're all very passionate about our technologies and when we can find a way to make these technologies work in a way that convinces others of the importance of the mix then then that's when the magic happens yeah yeah how does successful collaboration happen yeah um painfully usually um yeah. you know like you said, everybody thinks they're they've got the most important parts, but yeah. but the reality is it's the collaboration has, has to happen, and yeah, um, you know, we're we're finding ways to make it happen. And it's you know it's shows like this where you know you've got a booth and you've got people from three different you know locations all in the same booth asking and answering the same questions. It yeah. you know, starts to bring these groups a little bit together. So yeah. Yeah. and you're I mean you're bringing some of the smartest and I mean uh, of all the people in the world that specialize in this type of work and this type of technology, they all kind of exist in the same space. We, are we so, part of that group you're describing? I was trying to insert us into that, <laughs> like maybe as a, as a side, as a side, yeah, you, you know, yeah. uh, subgroup. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, what else are you excited about? What else am I excited about? Um, Oh, I don't know. Um, the variety of customers that we've got, I think is another one. Um, so in, in, I've been with I've been with Trimble for 24 years now, oh, wow. and I have I have supported our aerial customers, 
Nice. Uh, we got into digital aerial cameras when it was new, yeah. and I saw you know a million different applications of that. Um, rail customers, road vehicle customers, small robots, the oh, yeah. Boston Dynamics dog. Like yeah, we've yeah. been involved in in so many different applications. Is yeah. the is the dog here this week? I saw uh, one. Okay, there's, okay, there's okay, one. Triple doesn't Triple doesn't have the dog, but um, you know it's it, it just that variety of application as well is is the other thing. That, that sort of keeps me going and keeps it interesting because you don't know what's going to come next. Oh, sure. Some yeah. guy's going to come along and, you know, want to survey, I, I don't know, air what? ducts or something like that. And, well, that's and, what I was going to say. What yep. do you think? Because I remember when the dog first came out, it's like, oh, my God, unbelievable, you know? Mm-hmm. What's next? Like, what, what do you see coming down the pipeline oh, when man. it comes to, like, putting know. sensors on things? And <sighs> We're going to put sensors on everything. Yeah, right? I mean, it's, you know, I guess it's, yeah, you, know, you could. Five years ago or so, there was talk of, like, everybody's phones would be the mapping center of the future, right? Yeah. And every time you had your phone out, it would just be observing the world around you. Um, you know, an application of, like, taxi cabs. Why don't we just make taxi cabs mapping cars? And then, you know, they'll cover all of the ground. Yeah. Or who knows? Like, it's yeah. it's coming everywhere. And, you know, um, it's you exciting. Know, another, another big application is, you know, drone delivery, right? Like, yep. you know, that Amazon oh, yeah. package sure. to mm-hmm. your front door might be coming by air. Who yep. knows? Um, there's, awesome. there's lots of problems there to solve. But Airspace. That makes it interesting. Yeah. Interesting is for sure. But I still think you can get, like, last mile stuff, you know? Like, it's not the... the, the what the is last, last mi- mile? What is that? That's that, not to your doorstep. Yeah. Well, oh, really? right? from you know, the, that's from the, the idea regional... is that, you know, the, the big, oh, the, the big oh, oh, they oh, take oh, it gotcha. to the, the distribution center and then there's like a smaller one. And Got then it. that last mile is the one that gets it from yep. the one spot. And I think there, there's something that could be there. Yep. I mean, obviously, they're not going to drone fly my Definitely. socks from Taiwan, but they're going to get it from the distri- distribution place down yep. the street. Yeah. 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 You got Amazon thinking about it, right? I mean, they're they're building smaller and smaller distribution centers, taking over you know sure. retail space, big box retail space, and taking just, over distribution yeah. centers strategically just to, to get closer to make that last yeah. mile yeah, shorter. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. So cool. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Um, no. Just sort of excited to be here and see you know some of these new technologies awesome. and, and oh yeah and just watch these things smash together. We're, yep. we're going to keep an eye on it. So it's an exciting time for sure. It yeah. really is. Well, thank yeah. you for your time. Ken. Yeah. I really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks, welcome. Appreciate right. stopping by. Glad to be here. So I feel like you're petering out on me a little bit. Are you okay, buddy? Oh, I'm doing good. Is the energy level is it still up where it was? Um, a little low, but we're getting it back. Okay. Yeah. Good, yeah. Good, I'm, good. I'm, I'm getting the motivation. Second again. wind. Yeah. Yeah. A little second wind action. Like it's second wind now, and then you have to get the third wind later. Yeah, that's and then that's the later fourth problem. wind before we go to the regal party, and it's going to be fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to this conversation. We got a got an old friend with us and a new friend. I'm going to let them introduce themselves really quick. Just really quick, name who you're with and kind of what you do. Go ahead, Gavin. Um, I'm Gavin Schrock. I'm a licensed surveyor and like a satellite positioning nerd for more decades than I want to admit. I predate GPS, actually. Um, and uh, I, part-time, I write for geospatial publications. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, I see your name uh, all over the place. Oh. Yeah, well-respected. Oh, thank you. We appreciate you taking the time to join us. And. And Jesse. I'm, I'm Jesse. I'm Jesse Huff. Uh, I'm a professional surveyor, I guess, by background, but I'm also cool. a huge technology nerd. Okay. Um, I recently joined Tursus GNSS as general Jesus. manager, and uh, we launched here in the U.S. a few months ago. And cool. It's uh, creating a new ecosystem and giving people options in, in the hardware space. And I am excited to hear about Tursus for sure, but I want to know how you guys know each other. Yeah. 
Uh, we've been in the same technology space forever. For a uh, long time. Yeah, you were support, sales. I was end user. Uh, we collaborated on lots of stuff over the years. And, uh, yep, we geek, therefore we am. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Or we am, therefore we geek. Yeah. 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 Depending uh, on which way yes. you look at that. Yeah, yeah. So tell me or tell us about the background of Tursus. How this uh, all start? Well, I actually, there's there's an exercise in geekdom. Uh, you know, I research for articles and yep. also for my day use. Yep. You know? And so when um, when the four constellations were finally going to mature, be finished, you know, the Galileo, the Beidou, the, and, and the upgrade of the GPS. Uh, I wanted to research, I wanted to get test equipment. I need a baseline receiver that could get all 21, uh, 21 signals. Now, remember, a lot of us started with one L1 signal. That's right. Yep. Then L2. You remember that. Right? Yep. And then it was L2 forever. And then, okay, L2 was Galileo. was a big deal, though. That yeah. was a it huge, was huge deal. deal. Yeah. Yeah. And GLONASS came along, and GLONASS totally sucked. But then it got better, and yep. then, then it kind of flattened. But then when they were coming... We end up with, amongst those constellations, 21 separate usable signals that can be mixed and matched and blow up processors and, and just change the way we do stuff. For the baseline receiver, I'm in Intergeo. You guys, yeah, Intergeo, the giant, it's a bucket list item for surveyors. In Germany, it's like huge exhibit halls full of total survey geekness. Mm -hmm. And I went to different manufacturers. International survey geekness. Yes. International, almost intergalactic. But anyhow, <laughs> I went to different manufacturers, and I'm looking for my baseline equipment and stuff. And I ran across an outfit that were just beginning to write the, build their own boards. You know, for a long time, three-quarters of all rovers on the planet had boards in them from only two manufacturers. That's the OEM market. But lately, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, GNSS engineering students and physicists. They're writing their own boards, the way boards are written. I could go on for hours. I won't. So I ran across an outfit, this Tursus, right, and got along well with them. And their engineers were very open to telling me what they were doing. They were building their own board. And when they did, I tested one of their small units, the David, it's a component unit, and I just went, mind blown. Okay, this is my baseline unit. Uh, then I got the, the, like, the rover version. Got it. But, and I thought, oh, but they don't sell in the U.S. They're big all over the world. Well, the U.S. is a different thing. One of these days they are. And then I heard an old buddy of mine is going to uh, the, launch the brand in the U.S. Yeah. So this is Jesse, and, you know. How'd you get here, too? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was interesting, actually. I've been a part of the geospatial community longer than I care to admit. Um, you wouldn't know it by looking at me. No, sorry. I got that backwards. <laughs> it's not as long looking at me. It's just... Um, so, I mean, I've been a part of things for, you know, almost 30 years. Uh, and I started out as a surveyor in the field, and we had one of the first geodometer robots. And mm -hmm. I loved the technology, so I started using the tech before they wrote tech manuals for things and took it apart and wrote my own firmware for things, and I was like, no, I don't like the way all of that's working. So over the years, I've been with, with other companies, in and out of the survey uh, profession. I lived in Australia for years. I worked for a, for a survey distribution uh, down there for a company that we won't name that has a, a booth at the front of the exhibition hall here. Um, but over the years, just really got into the technological side of things, and, and my career path took me to be, uh, you know, market manager for uh, 
geotechnical and deformation monitoring, and I was vice president for another GNSS firm before Tursus. Really, I got a phone call from the CEO of Tursus that said, hey, we want to launch in the U.S., hmm. sat down and had a conversation with my wife and said, how fun would it be to build something, yeah. you know, to bring something global right. and bring it back to the States and have yep. and have that there. So I, I joined with them shortly after Halloween. Oh, wow. And it's been a uh, and it's been a fun ride. And in talking with them and talking with the CEO and, and things, he said, oh, do you know, you know, I know this guy named Gavin. Oh, I, was like, I was like, do you? Yeah, I not sure. I'm not sure about that guy. Do I want to admit this? Yeah. Right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I already have the job, right? <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait, can we sign first? Yeah. Um, no, but it was great and having the mutual connection. And, and once I joined and, and, you know, talking with Gab about the technology and the way that we're doing things with RTK algorithms, with the way the hardware is manufactured, like, you know, we got to geek out on all of that all over again. I got a text message from Gavin after I made the LinkedIn announcement. He was like, wow, look at that. Yeah. So it's super cool. So, Tell us more about, about the hardware. I mean, what separates it? I mean, you walk around here and there's a gazillion of these uh, receivers, right? There are. Yeah. And to Gavin's point, though, one of the things I think that goes unknown, in, especially in the geospatial community, and I don't want to lump surveyors in with that, but let's call them surveyors because that's mm -hmm. what they are. So many people are using the same boards from other things. Just like the first GNSS units use boards from two manufacturers. You know, you go... Yeah do all of your brands and you may have the same board that exists in various GNSS receivers. There's only a handful of companies that are really making their own hardware, which, and with that comes different algorithms and the way you process things and, and all of that. So with Tursus, we, we took a novel approach by developing our own um, and doing that, but our algorithms and things, we have a, a extreme RTK, you know, and that's where, that's where the real smarts of the hardware comes into things. Your algorithms have to take advantage of the electronics be able to do that you can have the most sensitive electronics in the world but if you're using a dos operating system over top of them then you're not getting mm. the benefits of everything there. sure and one of the things i loved about tersus was the entire ecosystem that's there and it gives professionals like myself other other options you know and we we like to play yeah. nice with everybody you know we can integrate with just about any other system sure. and to have other options and help for me that helps the profession at, at large definitely mm. well there's the awkward connection so Jesse worked in Western Australia as a surveyor and sold equipment. And I grew up there and did my first surveying while I was in high school in West Australia. So we had this connection, but it turns out the CEO of Tursus is in Melbourne. Yep. And uh, uh, we call him X. That's his we call hipster, him X. hipster nickname, <laughs> Winston, you know, we call him X. And uh, it turned out he and I, actually got to be good friends in our geekage conversations. Um, the guy the guy really has a vision. You know, before he did Tursus, he was uh, in charge of the rollout of a, like, almost nationwide 4G system in Asia. And then there were investors going, what are you going to do next? And he was like, I'm fascinated by positioning. And he really is. The guy's the bigger nerd than we are about that. And he still gets in, I mean, even as the CEO and plays with the technology and with the toys. Let's call them toys because I'm a giant child. <laughs> but he still gets in and plays with it. And that was the thing when he had the vision. Because I asked him the same thing. What's your vision? And he said, Jesse, I want to be one of the big three. And I was like, that's it. I'm sold. Like, you've got vision. You've got passion. You've got drive. Like, yep. hell yeah, let's do it. That's the, uh, the, the BHAG. Are you familiar with that? Big, hairy, audacious goal. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> mm, like well, it. Well, they're, uh, you know, uh, they've actually got the pretty strong Australian roots there. They're uh, starting production of uh, steer control systems for ag and stuff in Australia with a, 
with an Aussie brand. And, That's right. You know, there may be a U.S. branding uh, with some adjustments for our, our market. You know, uh, we never know. But, uh, you know, there there is the, they do have a group in, in Shanghai, uh, an engineering group. Uh, more and more we're seeing the Australian uh, uh, side of it. Well, their CEO is there. But, uh, again, I, I got to visit their engineering group and Cheating, especially the engineer. You know, I've been writing about GPS for decades, right? Yeah. And manufacturers don't want to tell you what's under the hood. No, no, they were quite open because they're freaking proud of it. And I think uh, we'll, we'll see for that. For good reason. We'll yeah. see more of that. Yeah, that yeah. makes a difference for sure. So what's going to happen? Maybe this is unrelated, but I don't think it is. You know, we're, we're getting ready to roll out here in North America the new state plane coordinate adjustment at some point. I mean, it, it was 2022. Now it might be this year. 2025. 2025. How, how does that affect your development in any way, it, shape, it or form? It doesn't. It doesn't. Okay. It doesn't. I mean, we've got datum shifts going on. We're taking what NEVD 88, we're going back to closer to what NGVD 29 was. We're just dropping the 72 adjustment. Like, all of that's always in flux, right? Mm-hmm. That's a, that, that's all that is is math. In terms of the development and algorithms and everything, that's just the byproduct of, of what goes on. Just like, you know, the GPS board and, and any receiver can work in Europe, can work in the U.S., the, the coordinate system export is... That's in the, da- the it's in the data collector. It's in the data collector. The da- yeah, yeah, and right. so it's just yeah, yeah. the definitions. You know, the NGS will have the definitions, the projections, and then you'll just import them. Like in uh, the NUA software, which I like because it's free and I can run it on my damn phone. And it works. Uh, I can just hmm. import any, uh, like I was traveling to Europe and I went, oh, you know what? I'm just going to go grab that projection yep. for when I'm over there to play around. <laughs> so it's the same actually with across the industry. They, it's those definitions are imported. It's yeah. done in your data collector. No major changes. Yeah. There's the survey question that arises from the state plane ship, though, especially with the U.S. survey foot going away. Like, yeah. how's that going to impact the whole cadaster and everything else that's going on? I got friends that work out east and friends that are in you know the public land system too, and everybody's like, right, man, what's what happens when my foot goes away? Hmm. Does uh, artificial intelligence play a role? Yes and no. So AI is a term that's thrown around an awful lot. Um, Interpolation of things, sure. Uh, As we develop more into the point cloud side of things and point cloud processing, it will. For what we're doing now, I I hate to use the word stock standard, but it's it's fairly stock standard, robust GNSS solutions. Um, The integrations that we're doing with other manufacturers, you know, AI and algorithms play a part in that. But I think industry-wide, we're going to see a big push towards AI here in the next really in the next two years. Well, there's been a big shift in the past two years. You mentioned point cloud classification. Now, they've had AI in point cloud classification for a long time, 10, 15 years. It just didn't call it that because it wasn't hipster, you know. Well, actually, it changed. When they went to the neural networks uh, version of it, that, with, with the amount of data people are capturing now, they could never have done it with the tools from 10 years ago, right? It couldn't handle that capacity. That's the change. In GNSS, what it's doing, it doesn't necessarily need it right now. And actually, there's a lot to be said for being a little more linear. Uh, But it can, especially if we get into quantum sensing and quantum antennas. Which changes the whole landscape of everything. You're going to have to have AI in that. Yeah, model. You yeah. will. I think so much of it right now has been deliverable driven, especially with point cloud collection. It's great, you know, a server can go out and collect 10 million points a second, and you have terabytes worth of data, 
and his deliverable goes to a civil engineer who's designing a storm drain, and he's like, can I get a top of bank and a brake line, please? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I think as, as we're able to manipulate larger data sets and have that data that comes through, it's going to play a large role. Yeah, for sure. What else? What are you guys excited about? Um, Who wants well, yeah. to go first? Obviously, other than you know, launching a yeah. whole new. <laughs> There's so many things to be excited about. It's yeah, drinking from sure. a fire hose at the same time. You yeah. know, it's yeah. wearing the hat of marketing and sales and you know distribution management and doing all of those things. Like, yeah. there's a lot for me. There's a lot to be excited about. I'm excited to to help build a brand, to help build a global brand. That is exciting. And, and go through. We've, is that, is that where you're at in this in this process? Is is brand recognition and brand, brand recognition. building? Absolutely. Uh, every market that we've gone into, we've become one of the top three. Um, we're, we're one of the top three in South Africa. We're having huge successes in Europe, Southeast Asia. Um, we're rebranding stuff uh, from the Australian perspective as well. So I'm, I'm excited to carry that on here. I don't know that, that my wife and my family are as excited as I am from the amount of time that I'm putting into it. So I may need to look at my divorce management plan. But it's uh, it's still it's still been a lot of fun. That's, That's great. So one thing I failed to ask you: um, what about price point? How does that compare? So it's a price point that everybody can afford, and that's that's one of the things um, that I feel like the, the community as a whole really wants options. Yeah. Um, and you can go super low cost, you know. But there's the old adage: you also get what you pay for. Sure. Um, so from a price point, and I have I have no issues sharing. You know, we're 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 still in the we're still in the four digits for a for a complete rover system. That's amazing. Yeah, Oof. it's uh, I, I can't endorse anything because I actually use a wide variety of stuff because they there's certain strengths and lots of things I can attest to the the technical capabilities, especially for me as a baseline unit. Uh, when I want to completely use, um, I'll give you an example. Uh, you got a rover out there. You can see forty five satellites, right? Forget the S-Pass of the four concepts. Right. You know, perfectly clear sky. How many are you going to use in the actual RTK solution running at 10 hertz, you know? Uh, okay, so some of the older rovers uh, or the lower cost ones, I might see 40. I might be using 20. I might be using 23. Yeah. Uh, when you start getting up to, I see 40, I'm using 36, I'm using 38. That actually can make a lot of difference. So yeah. I won't go any further, but I just say, yeah, that's the kind of that's cool. range that's we're awesome. talking about. Yeah, which is why I like the look under the hood. Also, you know, there's a lot of things, and it's a great marketing tool to say, hey, look, we're tracking 48 satellites. That's great. You're tracking them, but you're not yeah. necessarily using uh, them. utilizing them. Yeah, right. in the solution. All right. Well, hey, thank you guys. You've been awesome. Thank cool. you, Gavin, for uh, yeah. introducing Appreciate us to you guys Jesse. Absolutely. Good Thanks, seeing fellas. you again. Right on. Take care, guys. Thanks. Cheers, guys.